thinking about you, praying for you, and we just want to tell you today, welcome home. Hope it feels like that. It's going to be a good day. We're starting a brand new series today called Whisper. It's actually loosely based. If you're going through the prayer and fasting with us, or even if you're not, and just want a good book to read, Mark Batterson has written a book called Whisper. This is his theme that you'll notice this graphic. Um, and I'm just kind of doing my own series kind of uh, from the scriptures, but really, I, I think uh, with this idea and this theme of whisper that God speaks in in a whisper sometimes. We'll talk more about that. So I'm just excited over the next few weeks to have uh, this series with you and just looking into how God speaks to us and, and hearing God's voice. It's one of the most popular questions I get. How do I know whether God's talking to me or not? Like we talk about like hearing from God, but how do we know and how do we really understand God's voice in your life? And I, I'm hoping to lay that out over the next three weeks um, and they're really going to build upon each other. So I'm so glad you're here to, to be a part of this. Hey, in three weeks, we are celebrating our five-year anniversary as a church. And I'm just, I'm excited about that. So excited about what God's doing here um, and, and, and excited to do life with you all. Uh, there's, I, I went to school for music. I was just telling somebody. Uh, I went to school for, for music, and I, I remember walking through the halls of the School of Music and hearing these opera singers. Like, they were performance vocal majors, and whether they wanted to do opera for the rest of their life, they had to study these operatic voices. And you know how, like, opera is, even if you've never heard that in person, it's super loud. Well, a long time ago, people, um, like, opera singers would actually go deaf by the sound of their own voice. Like, that's insane, but that's how loud the volume of their own voice. And there's this guy in France, his name is Dr. Alfred Tomatis. And it's became, uh, become known as the Tomatis effect, that um, when you sing so loud or something, it actually loses ear. He was basically an ENT doctor slash inventor. And he, he was, his whole theory was this, that the voice can only repeat what the ear hears. The voice can only repeat what the ear hears. And me and my wife know this too because many of you know our our oldest son, Beckett. He was very speech delayed, like a couple years speech delayed. Like when he was like three, three and a half, he was talking like a a one or one and a half year old. Like it it was sad. It was kind of creating a lot of things and we didn't know what was going on. Finally, we we had to do some ENT stuff. He got tubes in his ears and all that jazz. But he, uh, when he saw an audiologist, the audiologist told us, and it was a terrible experience. I'll tell you another time. But it was a terrible experience, and the person, um, the, the, the doctor there, the audiologist, said, your son has severe ear infections. He's been having them, and he has damage to his ears because of severe ear infections. She said, it's very possible, later she told us, not right then, we were just like, what? He's never had an ear infection. What are you talking about? She said, it's very possible for children to go and not realize they don't have symptoms, their ears aren't hurting, they don't have a fever, but he had had this uh, severe ear infections for, for years, and we didn't know anything about and had now caused, and that was causing his speech. So as soon as we begin to address the ear infection stuff, you see that the, the voice can only speak what the, the ear hears. And that's kind of a, a key thought for this series going along, is being able to hear God's voice. Because many times when we think of prayer, we think, we think about what we're saying. But so much more, there's a reason he's given us two ears and, and one mouth, is because so much of it is about listening and hearing the voice of God. To really kind of set this up and kind of illustrate this to you, I need six people. Six people, I need three with cell phones that can pull up some music, and then three people who are willing to tell me about their their Christmas season, their holidays, what they did for the holidays. I need six people. Come on, real quick, 
Real quick, anybody, come on. Six people, get, get, give me some music going, Scott, from your phone if you can. Terry, do you, got, do you have your phone? Or you can tell me about your holidays. I need six people. Come on, come on. Shabreen, thank you. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, Jason. Okay, one more, two, one more. All right, this will work. All right, cool. Um, can you guys pull up something on? Yep. Here, Paige, come over here. Come, come with Shabreen. All right, and you come over here. All right, you guys pull up some music, and you're going to play it. You guys are just going to tell me what you did for Christmas. And what I want you guys to do is go ahead and spread out. Go ahead and spread out. Go ahead and spread out into the room. Go, go, go spread out into the room. You're finding music. Out into the room. Okay, and here's what I want you to do. Um, go ahead and spread out a little further, a little further. Yep. All right, and so in just a second, I want you guys to turn on the music, and I want you guys to start telling me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're going to be talking to me. You're telling me. I want you to play the music to me. I want you to talk to me. And I'm going to be whispering something to you. But I want you to kind of look down and not try to read my lips, okay? Because the, vo- the goal here is to, is to hear God's voice, to hear the whisper. And I'm just going to be whispering it to you. And I just want you to begin to tell me your story. And I want you to begin to turn up the music. And so you, and I want you to start walking closer and closer to me, okay? And once you get up here, if you can't hear me because of the sound of the music and because of the sound of talking, I just want you to be quiet. And just finally listen, okay? Does that make sense? You guys with me? Okay, one, two, three, go ahead. Go ahead, tell me. Tell me what you did for that. I love you. And I love you, and I have a plan for your life. I love you, and I have a plan for your life. I love you, and I have a plan for your life. I love you, and I have a plan for your life. It's very simple. The, the purpose in God talking to us is, is not to just n- know what job we should take, what house we should buy. The purpose of God talking to us or even whispering to us is so that he can be close to us. That's the purpose of God speaking to us. It's not so that we'll have answers about our next thing. It's, it's, it's for him to be close to us. Thank you, guys. You guys can be seated. But the truth of the matter is that there's a lot of voices and there's a lot of noise. Sometimes we're being deafened by the sound of our own voice. Sometimes we're, we're deafened by the sound of our playlist or our hottest Netflix show or the busyness of working or being a parent or traffic or whatever it is. It's just, it's just all noise. There's actually uh, been a study done that there, uh, there's really no quiet places in the entire world. Like it's so hard to find completely silent, not even like little chirps of birds. And they've only found just a handful of places that are complete silence. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that many times we're 
having trouble hearing God's voice because the volume on everything else in our life is way louder than the volume of God's voice. And this, what really fasting, many of you are through going through the fasting in different ways, and I'm so thankful you're joining us for that. Um, but, but praying and fasting is about hearing him, and it's a, in a lot of ways drowning out the noise. The Bible really instructs us to not talk about fasting a lot, so I say that before I, I want to talk about fasting for me this week, um, just briefly, um, because here, here's what I've known every, every single time I've, I've done it, is that the voice of my hunger goes away. I haven't eaten in days, and my stomach isn't even hungry for anything. The, the desires begin to, to change, and, and we, we can hear God's voice because the noise begins to be turned down. And so as we start 2018, I just want to, what's, is God's the loudest voice in your life right now? And what, we, what might we need to do this week in order to turn down the volume of some other things in order to hear God's voice? So we want to explore this. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is, again, not only... We can't. We can only speak what the the ear hears, but the but the thing is, is that everybody's talking in our culture. I don't know if you notice that everybody's got something to say. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's talking, and and no one's listening. And and, and I think no one's listening because I think many of us we haven't discovered our our voice. And I think we're going to discover our voice when we when we hear His voice. I think it's going to wake us up to the purpose God's placed in our life, like why we were here, why we were put on this planet. I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and, and that'll just kind of be um, the, kind of the setup text or the, kind of the, the background, the foundation for this series that we're looking at in 1 Kings chapter 19. And, and it's talking about this guy named Elijah, and Elijah's a prophet, and he's kind of at that point in his life where he's over it. You ever been just over it? <laughs> like, I'm over it. You ever been over it with this, even with your relationship with God? You're like, I'm over it. It was good for a while. Nice, nice run there. But I'm over it. Um, he gets to that point because all these other prophets have been murdered by a crazy woman named Jezebel, right? And it's so bad for Elijah. He's literally like, God, I'm done. Like, I'm putting this in Kyle's words. I'm done. And he crawls up under a bush and takes a depressive nap. Like, that's what I call it. He takes, anybody ever have one of those? Just a depressive nap. I'm just gonna, he climbs up under the bush and he just falls asleep. And God wakes him up, says, get something to eat and we're walking. You're walking and we're gonna pick up here. There he went into a cave and he spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. I want you to remember this question. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. And I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. Standing on this mountain, shattering it apart, the shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord... Was, he wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, and, but the Lord wasn't not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a still small voice, some translations render. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are, you, what are you doing here? I think 
it's incredible that um, God got his attention with the natural phenomenons, but God wasn't speaking through the natural phenomenons. God was speaking through a still, small voice, a gentle whisper. And as I get this question all the time of, you know, how, how do I know if it's God? Well, the truth of the matter, and I'm going to talk about this a lot more in the next two weeks, but God speaks to all of us in very different ways. But there are some ways that he speaks to all of us. And what we're going to look at today is scripture. And we'll talk more about that here in just a second. And how God speaks to all of us through his word. But today, before we begin, I really believe that we need to, we need to posture ourselves as Samuel did in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And he just made this simple cry out to God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Just a simple posture for 2018, for this afternoon, for on your drive home on Wednesday, for Tuesday night when things get heated with your spouse, for speak, Lord, your servant's listening. It's just posturing ourselves in, in, in this way. In this same passage, write the next verse. I love God's response to Samuel saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And, and I don't want to push this on you, but I, but I do believe that if we'll grab a hold of this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, I think we can also grab a hold of the promise of what God says to Samuel in the next verse. See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I just believe if we'll posture ourselves in such a way that, that Samuel did speak, Lord, I believe that God will do something in our lives in this year than what we could not even fathom. And when someone hears about it, they'll just be like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. Like, I don't even know what to say. They'd be without words. God's voice is all-powerful and all-loving. When God created, he, he, he put the, when he created light, let's take light, for example, God said, let there be light, and there was light. But I love the Hebrew, how it, the actual literal, how that would be said now. We, we've kind of um, made it in English language how it flows. But the Hebrew would actually say it. God said, light, comma, light. There was no commas at that time in Hebrew, but that's what it was. God said, light, and light. And the word for for said is actually the word, the Hebrew word hayah. That's how you pronounce it. I love it. It's like God's a ninja and he's like light, like, like that. God's, God's word, his voice is all powerful. But it's also all loving. Over the next few weeks, what we're going to look at is these seven different ways that God speaks to us. His seven love languages that God is speaking to us. He speaks in way more, so let's don't limit him, him with this list. But let's use this list as a launching point for understanding God's voice in our life. The first one we're going to look at today is through the scriptures, that God speaks through the scriptures. Next week, we'll look at people, promptings, and pain, how God is actually speaking through the people in our life. He's speaking through those little things that we think are just random thoughts or whatever. God is speaking through those promptings, and God is even speaking through our pain. We'll round it off at our three-year or our five-year anniversary, talking about desires doors and dreams and that's going to just be an awesome time to just declare dreams for our church over this year and over our, each one of our lives. So I want to talk to you about the scripture today, talk to you about the Bible and I, I, I don't know about you but um, I've, I've kind of had a long relationship with the Bible. Um, for, for many, many years it was just something I did to do. And uh, after a while I kind of got, I realized I was just doing it to do it and so I went through this phase 
where it was like, I'm just not, I'm just not going to read it. And I just kind of know it. And I kind of was raised in the church. so I, I know the scriptures, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it. And I'm not going to study it. And, and I think so much of kind of my, my years of kind of jacked up perspective on this have, have brought me to this place of, of really learning and having a desire to know God through his word. And I think many of us in the room, we have a desire to know God, but many of us, because of, of, of some certain challenges maybe we haven't overcome, we're, we don't want to know God through his word. Like, no, that's too much work. That's, that's too much effort, or, or I'm not really feeling it, um, but, but I hope to kind of just unpack a, a few things and give us some real tools and real practicals, but it's got to start with the, the, the way that Samuel started, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Like, God, I, I, want to, I want to know you. I, I want to hear what you're saying through your word um, because I believe it's alive and um, beneficial for me today. So we'll talk more ab- about this list as we go. Again, the foundations of our faith from Scripture are so important. And let me just do a quick commercial for our anchor groups. One month from today, it's actually Super Bowl Sunday, we launch our spring anchor groups every single Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and so it, it's an exciting time. I want to let you know kind of what's going on in our groups in 2018. So all of our activity and service groups, which are two types of groups that we have, or, you know, our, our men's group that hangs out and, and has uh, lunch as an activity or dinner as an activity group, our game group, some different things, running groups, different things we've had in the past, or our service groups, if, service, like if you want to have a group that goes out and does certain ministry or outreach, that's a service group. All those are going to continue as normal in 2018. But for our spiritual growth groups, we're really, uh, God was really stirring me in, in um, October of this past year, and it was just a question, if you could really give every single person in your church, like, a path to, to being, you know, twice as spiritually mature, twice as equipped in 2019 as they are going through this year, what would that be? And God gave me three really groups that, that they're going to be discussion-based groups, um, but there's been a course that I've been uh, writing. Uh, it's basically systematic theology in, dis- in a discussion form. And it comes out of Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is using the parable about scattering of the seed. Um, with, you know, some, some uh, things that sprung up, they were ripped up quickly and other ones withered quickly. But those that last and produced a fruit, a harvest, were those that had roots. And so we're calling this roots. And this will be an ongoing uh, discussion-based group within the life of our church for, for a long time, I truly believe. And it's going to be something in, in which all of us get to deepen our roots of our faith and understand kind of creation more, understand apologetics and, and where from a philosophical standpoint we stand with, in the gospel. Even before we kind of dig into the Bible, from a, a philosophical point, God's not afraid of that. I think God is, is the evident answer, and many um, world-renowned um, uh, ph- ph- philosophers have, have found that. And so we're just going to be going through a, a lot of things, a 12-week discussion-based um, a group that I'd love for every single person to be a part of. And I think it's going to help you wade through the scriptures in many ways and do it more in a categorical way. So you'll be hearing more about that. I think next week all the groups will go live online and you'll have some paper things to figure out what time, what day, you know, what group, what part of town is going to work for you. But I'm just challenging every single one of you to be involved in a group and let's all deepen our roots together this year so that it's not ripped up, so it doesn't wither. And Jesus says when that root's there, it's going to produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100-fold 
when those roots go down. And so we want that for your life. We want to help you in your spiritual walk. So uh, that's just, uh, just a quick announcement as we dive into a couple of texts that I want to look at. The first one is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you've been through our DNA sessions, you know we talk about this in there. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to read it again, and I want you guys to say those those highlighted words with me, okay? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. Um, Think about this this God-breathed idea. When was the first time we heard about God breathing? Yeah, yeah, in Genesis, in creation, remember, even with creating humans, God formed man out of the dust. And if you look into the science of it, we're made up out of minerals, a bunch of minerals out of the dust. And God breathed and brought life into Adam. And so the same thing that God breathed into Adam, God breathed into this, like just just fathom that. I don't need bonus points for that, but just, just fathom that for a second. The same thing that God, God breathed life into dust to create humanity, and he breathed into this word to bring life into us. But many times we just think it's about behavior modification, and that's not what this story is about. This story is about redemption and about God's love and plan for your life, for you to hear his whisper, I love you, and I have a plan for your life. Many Christians view the Bible as just plainly a, um, a suggestion for life and not authority, but when it comes from the, the, the mouth of God, is breathed, it's, it has authority in it. Not only does it say that it's God-breathed, but it's useful for our life. And, and even that God would build us up through correcting, through rebuking, through training in righteousness. He'd bring us to a place that we'd be thoroughly equipped. Remember the, the question that God asked Elijah twice at the beginning and end of the text? What, what are you doing here, Elijah? And many of us stumbling to, to find our purpose, stumbling to, to find our voice in this world of a lot of voices... And so many of us have just been silent, but there's a voice inside of you. There's a purpose on your life. You're not just supposed to blend in. God's got a unique plan for your life, and he wants to use you. That same question, what are you doing here? So that whatever it is you're doing, you'll be thoroughly equipped for that good work. Whatever it is you're doing here, whatever it is God's called you to do, whatever your voice is, the, the word of God is to, will lead us to a place that we're thoroughly equipped to, to walk it out. So it's not just authority for our life, it's, it's guidance in our life, it's correction in our life. Uh, but we've got to recognize it as authority in our life first and foremost. Many of you, I, I imagine all of you know who George Washington is, we, we get on that. Okay, do you know who General uh, Edward Braddock is? Do you know General Edward Braddock? He's the British general that George Washington was actually his aide. So as they traveled over and they hit the Potomac River and they were coming up the Potomac, they landed on this rock and somewhere in the battle there, um, General Braddock would go on to be uh, shot by a musket. George Washington would be standing right next to him. 
when that took place, and then he would go on to be our leader. It probably would have been Braddock if Braddock would have lived. Um, but anyway, they land at this rock, and this rock is known as Braddock's Rock. It's one of the oldest or the oldest national monument in the United States, right there in the center of the Capitol in uh, Washington, D.C. It's known as Braddock's Rock. It's up underneath a, man, a manhole cover. You can't even really get down to see it unless you lift up this big, heavy manhole. Uh, and there it is. And, and long, long ago, when this, uh, they discovered this, they began to make maps uh, of, uh, of America and of that, that region and all latitudes and longitudes came off of that rock. Like that was, that was the rock. That was the, what everything was written on. And on maps later on, it began to be known as the key of keys. Like everything came off there. Everything latitude and longitude came off there. So when we were trying to find anything, it was Braddock's rock that was our starting point. And for us as believers, this is our Braddock's rock. This is our key of keys. Like when we're trying to figure out our latitude, what, what's going on in our relationship and how to love one another, this is our Braddock's rock. When we're trying to figure out the, the, the longitude and figuring out our relationship with God, this is our, Braddock, this is our key of keys. And if we've just set, set this aside as something that we're not interested in, I'm hoping just somehow through the Holy Spirit to just be inspired to say, God, I'm a little bit nervous about this and I'm kind of but I, but I believe it's your word, and, and I want to hear your, your, your voice through it. And, and I believe uh, my life is going to be built on the word of God. It's our key of keys. We, we must believe that it has absolute authority in our lives. Uh, but that's not a, a super popular thing in our day and age. It's not, not a popular thing. That's actually an unacceptable worldview um, to, to most uh, Americans uh, these days. And as we hold to the absolute truth of the word of God, we must also cling to the grace of God in our relationships. The, the grace of, of God says, I'm going to love you no matter what, right? If we disagree or not, I'm going to love you no matter what. That's the grace of God playing out. The truth of God says, I'm going to be honest no matter what. I'm going to be honest no matter what. And so uh, I want to look at a second text, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. There's something powerful here about this text. It's alive and active. That means that we don't just read the word. The word reads us. We don't just read the Bible. The Bible's reading. It's alive and it penetrates soul and, my, and bone and marrow, it gets down into our real attitudes, right? That we've been faking with everybody else. It'll get right down to it when we're postured and say, I'm, I'm listening, God. I'm listening. When we're at a place of surrender, we're just like, God, I'm, I want to hear what you have for my life. And if we want what God has for us in our life, then, then, then we've got to submit ourselves and say, God, I, I want to hear that. And I believe your word's active and alive. But so many, so many Christians just kind of read through this in such a stale, and they're not just looking for something that's alive and piercing the heart. And so we've got to prepare ourselves, and not prepare ourselves, but posture ourselves in such a way that we can receive the word of God that will pierce into some attitudes, into some mindsets that we've been going through and that are going to destroy us. They're going to destroy our lives, and God wants to set us free and, and to walk in his newness. Um, God, God this, it's, it's alive and active. The Holy Spirit was on the front side of this thing uh, with all the authors, 
The, the Holy Spirit was guiding them into the exact things to write, preventing them from error. And some of you are like, man, that's too, too far of a leap to, to take. Well, you know, um, I think we, we've, got, we've got to take that leap of faith there. You know, if we're, if we're taking that on Jesus, crucified, risen, then, then we've got to walk in that faith about the word of God that he's given us. It is our key of keys. And the Holy Spirit was on the front side, and the Holy Spirit's on the back side helping us know, God, what are you leading me into? God, what truth are you speaking through this and helping us discern and understand God's truth, uh, the truth about Christ in his word? But most of us, we, we don't read the Bible like that, right? We, we usually do one of, of three methods, talk about those, three approaches to the Bible here. One of those is a topical search, right? I'm feeling depressed, so what's the Bible say about depression? Um, so I'll find, you know, Elijah who crawls up under a bush and takes a depressive nap. I'm like, cool, like, you know, and he's the only one. Everybody else has been killed, and that would kind of be depressing. The, the thing about that, that, that approach to reading the Bible, the topical approach, is that we'll only ever read that which we want to read. And we'll miss a lot of things we need to read. We'll just, we'll just go find what we want. I need something to make me feel good today. Let me find that Psalm 23. We just keep going back to Psalm 23. We just keep going back to Philippians 4.13. Just keep going back to the same scriptures we've known, and we miss out on the whole breadth of it and the depth of it. The, the, the other way is the flip and point method. You're familiar with this, right? God, I need a word. Here we go. And actually, Augustine, who our old St. Augustine wrote, is named after uh, Augustine. He was actually trying to disprove God in the Bible actually flipped and pointed in John, and the, the word spoke to him so clearly. It was alive and active, went right through his little atheistic heart and, and cut him to pieces, and he began to weep, weep and repent in the moment. Uh, St. Augustine, that you know a lot about. Uh, the flipping point thing is super dangerous. Like, you could flip to it, and then you'll turn to uh, where Judas hanged himself, you know? <laughs> you'll flip to that scripture and then you're like, oh, didn't want that one. You flip, point to another one, and it says, go and do likewise. <laughs> and you're like, no, whoa, that, that, that approach is no longer working for me. Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta be careful. And the truth of the matter is that both of those are, are not the best approaches. A Bible reading plan isn't necessarily like an end-all, be-all, but I'd say you need to have some kind of plan for reading the Word. Um, whether that's the plan we're doing here at the church, or if that's just you know a, 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 a Bible app version, you know, you version of going through a, a, a book of the Bible, but I, I think you got to read through the whole Word. For many years in my life, I'd kind of push away the prophets. I'd push away Revelation; those that kind of scare me. I'd push away the Old Testament. And, and, and on my New Year's resolution, my goals for the past ten years since I graduated—it's more than that. How many years since I? Uh, <laughs> Uh, graduated with a, a degree in, in uh, a Bible and teaching, um, I've been studying the Old Testament. I've been studying, it's been, I'm like, I want to know it more, God. I want to know it more because I think it brings life, everything in the New Testament. Well, the, t um, the Bible reading plan we're doing, is, it's incredible. How many of you guys are on that already? How many of you guys are in that? Awesome, awesome. A bunch of you guys in that. Um, it's called the Read Scripture app. It's a free app. And um, you guys that are using it, do you guys like it? Do you guys, have you guys, people saying it's awesome. I, I've heard nothing but good things. What they do is they set you up with a little video kind of as you go into it. So you're not going into it blind. Most of us, we're just afraid of, of kind of what we don't know. Uh, and, and so it starts you up with a little video so you kind of know context. You read through three chapters of the Old Testament to start with, and then it goes into the New Testament towards the end of the year. 
Uh, and then you read a psalm every single day. So by the end of the year, if you do this kind of in a year, like, like many of us are going to, you'll have read through the entire Bible. You'll read through the psalms twice. And, and most of all, you'll have a foundation. You'll have roots. I think that this is just going to be accompanying what we're trying to do with our roots group. And you'll walk away really knowing the word of God and having that so that it won't wither and it won't be uh, ripped up. And so I think it's just going to be a powerful thing. So whatever it is, I'd just say find a Put a plan together. Like, what's your plan for reading the Word? When's the time when you're going to do it? I think that's huge. When's the time in the day that's set aside? And if you need a reminder, set the reminder. I just heard somebody's phone ding. That was perfect timing. Thank you. Set the reminder. It's like I planned that. Um, it's huge. Let me, let me give you a couple other thoughts. Um, we got to receive it as authority for our life. It's God breathe. It's God breathe. we got, we got to see it as alive and active, that God can get right into the heart of things. But I want to kind of give you just a couple things that I think will help um, in, in how we approach when we sit down to read. Uh, the Latin, you know, a long time ago when they were still speaking and writing in, in Latin, um, they had really two ways that the monks talked about uh, reading the scriptures. One was Lectio uh, Continua. And the other one was Lectio Divina. These are two ways to read the scripture. Lectio Continua is just reading it for breadth. I'm just going to keep reading and keep reading. And even in your Bible reading plan, you can kind of get like that. I'm just reading it to get through it, Continua. I just want to get through all this whole Bible. And like, that's my, that's my goal. But Lectio Divina uh, is reading for depth. It's reading for understanding. And, and, and the word Divina is really the depth of God's understanding the depth of God's wisdom, and I want to be able to, to grab a hold of that. Um, and, and some have uh, likened this to partaking in a meal, uh, which is a cool way to, to look at this. Like reading is taking the first bite of the meal. I take a bite. What's for dinner today? What's for breakfast today? I'm just going to take a little bite. Um, chewing on our words and phrases, and then through that we would find maybe a word or phrase that sticks out. So some of you have even started your, your Bible reading already. Like, what's a word or a phrase in that? One, just in the psalm, or maybe it's somewhere in there that just that struck you. And as you're reading through, you're waiting, you're, you're looking. Man, what's that, what's that note of that appetizer, of that dinner, that meal that's going to just spring? And I'm just going to want to chew on that. I'm like, oh, I can't get enough of that. Chewing on a word, chewing on what it meant for Elijah to be in that place of hiding under a nap, to, to, to meditate on what alive and active really means. And we just chew on that. And prayer is just savoring it. Prayer is, is the, 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 the part of the meal in which we, we walk away and, and just, we're just like, man, that was a good, that's a good meal. I just... Man, I love, I love this part of it. I love this note of it. And it's, it's grabbing a hold to, to just really savoring the word of God in prayer, just praying over that. And then finally, contemplation is really digesting the word from here to our heart, from our head to our heart. But most of us, we're, we're just doing lectio continua. We're just, we're just reading for breath and not really getting like, oh, what are you speaking through this? And just begin to think of it as a meal to the point where we savor it, we chew on it, we savor it, 
we meditate on it, we walk in that for, for just a day, till the next, even till just the next time you, you sit down and read, and then you move on to another word, and I just want to process that. And, and sometimes you'll just be in a stopping place, and, and you'll still be caught up on alive and active. You'll still be caught on, I, I remember last week we did Storytellers, and, and Tara used the word delight, just thinking about that delight. You've just been meditating, you've just been contemplating what delight is in your life, and that just becomes this theme until it gets all the way down into your heart and from your head. So that's a huge way of just us reading the Word of God. I know this can kind of, it can be a, a little bit overwhelming for some of us maybe that haven't gotten it in, in a constant flow or you've had a, a weird kind of journey with the Bible like I have. Um, and I just want us to come at it fresh and anew, just like Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And just to make this as simple as I possibly can this morning, let's look at it like this, just in this simple way. Hearing the voice of God through God's quickening, abiding, and then doing. Quickening, abiding, and doing. The quickening, quickening is, is God speaking to us through this. Just something, God, what are you speaking through this? I, okay, I just want to abide in that word. I, I've been given the truth, now I want to abide in that truth. And, and, and then, God, I want to cling to it. And, and as I walk it out, God, I want to, I want to walk in that truth. The, the, the purpose is us, of God whispering, of speaking to us, the purpose of the Bible is so that we can be close to him. It's not so you can feel like a better Christian or, or feel like you're forgiven for what you did last weekend, right? That's not, that's not what this is. This is not, I'm washing all my sins through reading the word. This is not legalism performance for God. Look how much I read today. If you're doing any of that, like just back up. Slow down and say, speak, Lord. Your, your servant's listening. I know this is authority. I know this is alive and active. I know there's some stuff you want to speak in. I, I want to be thoroughly equipped for whatever good work. I want to know what, what you're doing in my life, God. I want to know. But the purpose of this, as we, we've said multiple times, is to know God. But it's also that we might live it out. When, when we come to know God, when we truly hear his voice, then, or, uh, and we were able to hear it, then we have a voice to live and to be salt and to be light in this world and to walk it out. And I just begin to imagine all across this room, if you'll just stand and bow your heads, I just want you to uh, close your eyes and imagine this with me. What would, what would n- next year, like we're in 2018, what would 2019 look like if I just, I just threw myself to the Lord and just said, God, I'm here and I want to hear your voice. I'm listening. I'm listening. Tuesday afternoon, Friday night, drive in, drive home, at the bath with my children. God, what, sitting there watching my favorite show. God, I'm hearing you speak through this secular TV show. How is that? Is? I don't know, but God, you do it to me all the time. God, I just imagine what it would look like if this room right now would just grab a hold of just falling in love with you and falling in love with your God-breathed word that you have put in our hands, God. Teach us, lead us, guide us in these things, we pray today. God's people said, amen. Taryn's going to come and invite us. This band's going to lead us this morning.